Hi there, and a very warm welcome to Season 4, Episode 7 of People Soup. It's Ross McIntosh here. Anyway, one day he arrived at the office like one of those American films with a coffee in his hand. He put it down on his desk, pointed at me and said, You! A word! So I was like, oh, crikey, what now? So we went into a meeting room, and he said that other people had complained about the quality of my work. So I was shocked and tired and sad, and I asked for some help with understanding the specifics. P-Supers, thanks for tuning in. This week it's another cup of soup, and the episode is called Thanks for Asking. I wanted to build upon last week's episode called Getting Curious, where I suggested one way we could ask a colleague about their experience of work. So in this episode, I'll have a go at answering that very same question. People Soup is an award-winning podcast where we share evidence-based behavioural science in a way that's practical, accessible and fun, to nourish your mind, to flourish at work. And for those of you missing our fabulous guests, fear not, there are more coming to the airwaves very soon. Let's take a quick scoot over to the news desk. I wanted to share a review of the podcast on Twitter from Melanie LeBarry, which left me tickled pink. Melanie said, I got introduced to Ross's terrific work during my MSc, but it has provided a constant source of peace and incredibly useful information in these uncertain times, so I heartily recommend you give it a go. Brackets. Also, Ross has the most calming voice on the entire planet. Close brackets. Well, Melanie, thank you so much for that. I'm now extremely conscious of my voice and probably trying to go a little bit further down the, um, the range. I'm not sure why I did that. Anyway, if you do enjoy the podcast, I'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and review it. Whatever platform you're on, it helps us amplify our voice, reach more people with stuff that could be useful and get noticed more in the all-important podcast charts. For now, get a brew on and have a listen to Thanks for Asking. Hey, P-Supers, as I posed a question last week, I thought it might be interesting to have a go at answering it from my perspective as a white, gay man who has been in the workplace for over 30 years. When I had the idea for this episode, my mind began to pipe up. Ooh, maybe this is too personal. I'll get trolled. Or maybe people will think I'm being self-indulgent. Or people might want to rescue me. And maybe all of these things will happen and maybe none of them. And please be assured, lovely P-Supers, that I've got my back and my own support network in place. And when I noticed all these thoughts coming up in my mind, I thought, well, actually, here's the thing. My mission is to support people to flourish at work. So by sharing some insights from my story, maybe it might help others to reflect, either on their own experience or their own behaviour, or help them reflect that the experience of their colleagues might be very different to their own. LGBTQ plus equality does not exist everywhere, and that's why we need to continue to learn and shine a light on the issues. And I must emphasise these are my personal reflections. And just as a warning, I do swear in the remainder of this episode and use some language that people might well find offensive. It's part of the context, but you may wish to stop listening now. So, I'm now a freelancer and work across many different organisations, and I've developed strategies over the years which now looks something like this. So when I'm interacting with new people or a new team, I'll seek to get some personal details into the conversation quite early on. This has varied over the years from something like, Oh, 
I live with my partner in Brighton. He's a photographer. With a stronger than usual emphasis on he's. And I'll also be highly vigilant to any reaction. I want to kind of be sure that they've clocked it. More recently, I'll say, Oh, the other day my husband said to me, and I'll still be really vigilant for any reaction. There's always a bit of anxiety about what is, in essence, coming out to new people. And that anxiety is far less than in my earlier days in the workplace. This sort of uber-awareness also relates to the time at work before I came out as gay. Then, I guess, I was vigilant to not revealing who I was, to not leak anything that might make people think I was gay, which clearly would have an impact on my behaviour and energy at work. Let me share a couple of examples to show you what I mean. And these are from a period of my working life where I was in the closet, partly to myself and definitely to everyone else. So, let me take you back. Imagine a younger Ross working in a government department on a big IT project with a private sector partner. Now, there was a bit of a do involving a meal and drinks. And somehow I found myself in a group with the most senior people, both from the civil service side and the private sector side. They were chatting away, blah, 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 and I was anxious. How the heck had I found myself in this little circle? And I was trying to think how I could contribute. Say something would make me sound vaguely intelligent and insightful. Suddenly, one of them asked me for my opinion on an aspect of the project. I gave a response which wasn't bad. It certainly wasn't a disaster. And at the end of my response, I made a mm, kind of funny observation with, I guess, a bit of a camp flourish. The head of the private sector company guffawed whilst he mimicked a limp-wristed teapot, one hand on his hip, the other like an ostrich neck, pointing at me for what felt like about an hour. Everyone else laughed. Around the same time I had a boss, and she was a committed Christian, and in the early days I really admired her for being so open about her faith and reflective. She belonged to a particular church, and I've looked up the definition of this church. It was a fellowship in the evangelical and Pentecostal charismatic tradition that lay emphasis on Bible-based faith and an ongoing experience of the Holy Spirit. And as you get to know each other in a small office, the conversations progressed. One of my colleagues used to ask our boss loads of questions about her faith. He was absolutely fascinated and intrigued. She had two sons, and one day my colleague asked, What would happen if one of your sons came out as gay? She said without skipping a beat, I would throw them out of my house, I'd cut them off. Flippin' X, said my colleague, that's a tad extreme. The next one was several years later when I had come out to myself and started to tell some people at work. And incidentally, in the early days I used to frame those conversations where I was coming out to colleagues and friends along the following lines. I've got something to tell you. I don't know how you'll react. It might change the way you feel about me or our friendship. So I was kind of almost apologising for being gay and giving them a, a way out. And that's, that's the way it was at the time. That's how younger Ross thought it was best to deal with this situation. And be assured I don't do that now, and none of those friends at the time had any adverse reactions in the catastrophic way that I was imagining in my mind. Anyway, I had this awful boss who was mega macho. Oh, he really, really was dreadful. He was sexist and most certainly homophobic. And he didn't like me or my work. And he used to call me out all the time for what he perceived to be shoddy work and laziness. 
Anyway, one day he arrived at the office, like one of those American films, with a coffee in his hand. He put it down on his desk, pointed at me and said, You, a word. So I was like, oh, crikey, what now? So we went into a meeting room, and he said that other people had complained about the quality of my work. So I was shocked and tired and sad, and I asked for some help with understanding the specifics so I could improve. And he couldn't really help me with that. He said my work might be all right for George, the name has been changed, and George was the big boss, but my work wasn't all right for him. After all, did I know that George was a fucking shirtlifter, a bum bandit, and was as useless as I was? I didn't know what to do, P-Supers. I couldn't work out how to complain, so I sought to move jobs ASAP, which thankfully worked and removed me from that situation. So pretty grim and shitty stuff happened. And I'm sure that things have improved for many people. They certainly have for me. And I'm sure that things along these lines still happen. A couple more illustrations, folks. So after I came out, there are still some examples. I was working on a big project. You see, there's a theme here. Lots of blummin' projects. Anyway, the specification had changed. And we'd have to stay late as a team. So everyone was calling their friends, their partners, anyone they had arrangements with for that evening to let them know they'd be late home. I came off the call and said to my boss, Oh, I've called my husband. He's not started to prepare dinner yet. And my boss laughed <laughs> and said, ah, You said husband. You meant to say wife. And I said, No, no. I meant what I said. And he continued. He said, No. Listen to yourself. You said husband. And he continued to laugh. And I said, Look, I know what I said. Maybe you should listen to yourself. By this time, the whole room had gone deathly quiet. And then in that really awkward moment, the penny dropped for him and he was probably more mortified than I was. And a final one. In a senior meeting in a government department where Peter Mandelson was the Secretary of State, and for those of you who don't know, Peter Mandelson was a prominent MP and an openly gay man. And in that meeting we were discussing a point because we were waiting for a decision from the Secretary of State, Peter Mandelson, on an important policy area. We'd been told by his private office that he was late back from a visit to a shipyard and a port, and a very senior woman around that table said, he's probably under the jetty servicing some sailors, and without skipping a beat, added, no offence, Ross. P-supers, as I say, progress has been made, and there's still much to be done in workplaces all around the world. There's learning for us all, and there's also thinking about what we can do to contribute to everyone feeling like they belong, and everyone feeling safe at work. Not only is it the right thing to do for our fellow humans, it has business benefits too. One caveat that's really important for me, every person should have the right to come out or not come out in their own time and their own way. They should never be forced, cajoled or outed by somebody else. This is Pride Month, folks, so I'll add some resources in the show notes for this episode which might be useful. Let's think more about the perspectives of others at work. We don't know what's going on for others, and we can gently ask and listen and learn. Pay supers, that's it. Thanks for asking in the bag. If you like this episode of the podcast, could I invite you to share it with one other person? I'm really keen to spread the behavioural science and skills with more people. Of course, a subscription, follow, rating or review are also very much appreciated. The show notes are at rossmackintosh.co.uk, and this includes links to a few different platforms. I love to hear from you, and you can get in touch at peoplesoup.pod at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at peoplesouppod. 
on the Instagram at people.soup and on Facebook we are at peoplesouppod. Thanks to Andy Glenn for his spoon magic and Alex Engelberg for his vocals and to you for listening. Look after yourselves, peace supers, and bye for now. And there's also thinking about what we can do to contribute to everyone feeling like they belong and everyone feeling safe at work.